Scripture today comes from Matthew chapter 13, verses 53 to 58. When Jesus had finished these parables, he moved on from there. Coming to his hometown, he began teaching the people in their synagogue, and they were amazed. Where did this man get this wisdom and these miraculous powers, they asked. Isn't this the carpenter's son? Isn't his mother's name Mary, and aren't his brothers James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas? Aren't all his sisters with us? And when did this man get all these things? And they took offense at him. But Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor except in his own town and in his own home. And he did not do many miracles there because of their lack of faith. God bless his word this morning. Uh, the bulletin cover is phenomenal, uh, the way it's presented, and I hope to come back to that in a way to tie it in a sermon today. But after Jesus was baptized in the Jordan River by John, he began to clean house. He started by going into the wilderness and fasting 40 days. The devil came to him and tempted him the way all man is tempted with the lust of the eyes the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. And he withstood that temptation. He then went out to the people of God who he was called to minister to and preach the gospel and bring salvation to. And Jesus said in prayer phrase, Hello, my name is Jesus. I am the Christ. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. What kind of person comes out to the ones he loves and wants to minister to, say, hello, this is who I am. Repent, turn your life around, and return to God. But the king of glory done that. He then began to explain what it looked like to be in the kingdom of God, meaning God's rule in one's life. In chapter 5 through 7, he explains to the people of God what it meant to be in the kingdom of God. Along the way... Jesus picked up a few disciples and says, come and follow me. He saved a few women who was living in a really rough lifestyle, and they decided to follow him. He was touching lives everywhere he went. He was ministering and doing the work of God. But his signs and his miracles and wonders, which is why people followed him, wasn't really getting it. So we come to chapter 13, and he says, I'm leaving the people that God's called me to, and I'm going to speak to you 12 disciples, and I'm going to teach you about the kingdom of God. And he lays out the following parables to the disciples. A sower planting a field, a woman kneading yeast into bread, a treasure hunter, a pearl merchant, some fishermen, and a householder. He lays this before the disciples and teaches them what it is to be the kingdom of God. He then leaves his disciples, and the Bible says he goes home, the place he was raised. When he comes home, the people didn't receive him very good. And they said, who does this guy think he is? We know his dad. His dad's just a carpenter, don't really have a good job. We know his mom. And boy, we know the story that she told about how she gave birth to Jesus Christ. We find that just a little hard that God would do such a thing. They couldn't believe what Mary was saying and how Mary came to be. They didn't understand it and perceive it. And they said, is this not Mary? This is his mother. Do we not know all of his brothers and sisters? This is a normal, whacked out family. 
They do not have it together. So how did he get so much power, so much authority, and so much right to do what he's doing? They finally said, we don't want to hear from you no more. You're nothing. You're nobody. And Jesus says, a prophet is not without honor except the one he's called to. And the Bible says he could not do many miracles there because they would not listen to what he had to say. Didn't like nothing he was about. You know what? I think we're kind of like that as Christians. Now, we protect our house just, just by way of the church, right? I don't know if you remember, but there was a time when Clorox got into some trouble. And all the Christians around says, we're going to boycott Clorox because they're going down the wrong road. They do not represent what we believe and what we value. We'll quit buying their product. Then there was a movie came out called The Last Temptation of Christ. And many believers was offended by that movie. They said, Jesus got married had a wife and had children, and he was just a man. And the church rose up and says, we will defend our house. We don't believe that at all. Then the Da Vinci Code came around. There's all these other gospels out there that the church doesn't know about that we believe to be right and true. And the Christians were told, don't go see the Da Vinci Code because they do not teach the pure true gospel. We defend our house as a church and you are not allowed to say that about our King of Kings and Lord of Lords. He is a master. How dare you talk to us like that? We defend the house. We did it down in our meeting, did we not? Oh yeah, we defended the house, brother. You ain't coming at us like that. We defend the house. But we also defend our homes physically, which is why I chose the song that I did. If you would have seen the video, you saw the mother, you saw the dad wearing his Sunday best going around. That house was clean. Now, I kind of feel sorry for my mom and Amy because they had all boys. I come up in a sports family, and you could have nine or ten boys at the house. They were boxing. They were playing five-on-five -five basketball in our kitchen. The kitchen table would be moved around. We would grab a sock, and we would play ball. They had a jumping contest where my uncle was supposed to high jump from the kitchen into the living room. He was six foot six. So my uncle gets down, he jumps, boom, knocks right into the ceiling, busts the ceiling up. My mom like, what kind of nuts did I get into? My house is supposed to be clean. Don't we want our house clean? If dust gets around, we want it clean. We protect our yard. We want our yard to look nice. We want guests to be come to our house and say, hey, they got a clean, nice house. We want our home clean. And we want it nice and perfect for the visitors who come by. I really do feel sorry for my mom and Amy just because Brian didn't keep the house that clean. You know, I'm like, hey, let's go play. Let's go have some fun, whatever you do. But they want it clean. They, they should have had their house clean. But if we're so willing to defend the lordship of Christ and say you can't come here like that and you're not going to talk about our master like that, we're going to defend our church building and we're going to keep our house clean and we're going to keep it clean on the outside and we're going to keep our homes clean. How come we have a hard time keeping our hearts clean? Why is it that we struggle? The only place Jesus wants to dwell the only place he wants to live, 
The only place he wants to move is in our heart. That's where he wants to be Lord of. But believers, we don't want to give him our whole heart. We want to give him aspects of our heart and who we are. We don't want to open ourselves up to him and say, be Lord of my whole life, not just be Lord of my partial life. We keep things from him that he really wants to get into. And we say, it's okay, Lord, if you take 50 to 90 percent of my heart, but you're not allowed to have my whole heart because I have to leave that for something else. Believers constantly do that. We won't give him all that we have. And this was the whole purpose of the parables. When he went and he started teaching about the goodness of God, when he says, you should not do this and you should not do that. You've heard it in the old times. He says, but I say unto you, if you thought it in your heart, if you've done it in the heart, you might as well have done the deed because it's in your heart to do the thing. Don't you remember when he went to the temple and he got mad because they were buying and selling and doing all this? They were having a fundraiser. They brought it into the house of God. We'll fundraise. We'll sell. We'll sell. We'll sell. We'll sell. And Jesus says, what are you doing? This is my house. This is where God is to be worshipped. And you made it like this. How dare you offend my father? And the Bible says he kicked them out. When he went to the Pharisees, he's teaching the disciples. And he says, look at them. They're all dressed in their fine suits. They got a tie. They got these big things on their head. They go around and they make these long formal prayers and they want everybody to see them and what they're doing. They want to be noticed. And he says, but inwardly, they don't seek me at all. They don't love me. They don't follow me and they don't serve me. He says, do their works, but don't be like them because in their hearts, they're not giving their whole heart to me and who I am and what I want to do in somebody's life. So when we come to the parables, the parables is all about sowing. And he's saying to the disciples, the sower, he throws it out into the field and he wants it to grow. But it's only going to grow in a certain kind of soil. The lady who's going to make the bread, she's got to put that yeast in there. But you've got to give that yeast time to grow and move. The guy looking for the gold. The guy who goes out and gives everything up for the Lordship of Christ. When he comes to the last parable about the householder, he's talking about the, the disciples specifically. He says, you will be disciples. You will be the new teachers. You will be the new guides. You will be the new leaders. Why? Because you're listening to what I have to say and you're opening your heart to me and my commands and what I want to do in somebody's life. And this is the way the kingdom of God works. The more you allow me to work in your life, the more you allow me to grow in who you are, the more you let me be your Lord, the more fruit you will produce. That sower who sowed in good ground, the Bible says it sprung up a hundredfold. That bread finally came and it just blew out and it prospered and multiplied. The man looking for the pearl of great Christ, he found it when he found the Lord Jesus Christ. He found it and the Bible says he gave everything up so that he could follow him. And he says to them, you are the new followers. You will follow me. You will serve me because you love me and you've given your heart to me. And you'll notice at the end of the parable, he says he gives both old and new. That don't make no sense at all. What are you saying? Your scribes will give old and new. It's taking the old covenant, the old ways of God, the old commands applied in a new way. You've heard it said, don't do this and don't do that. But I say, if you've done it in your heart, you've done it to me already. A new way. God says, I'm going to pour out my spirit upon all flesh. 
He fulfilled it in Acts chapter 2 in a new way. Not through the temple or the sanctuary, but through the heart of men and women who would open themselves to God. You and I are disciples, are we not? We're followers of Jesus Christ. And you know what? The disciples didn't have it all together. But they were men and women on a journey. They said, we hear you. We want to follow you. And we want to love you. We might not know how to do it. But we're here because we want to be in your kingdom. You and I, he reigns in our heart and he rules in our hearts. We don't have it all figured out. We're supposed to be learning and growing and doing and giving ourselves to him. And the more we give ourselves to him, the more he fills us, the more he touches us, and the more fruit we produce. What fruit is he talking about? What did the disciples produce? They preached the gospel. They lived the gospel. They followed the gospel. They followed the Christ. And they shared Christ with other people. They shared Christ in their families. With their friends. All because he done something in their hearts and in their lives. And they messed up. Even after they filled the spirit of the living God. Peter and Paul got in a fight. About how to accept Gentiles. People left the faith. They walked right out on Christ. They didn't want to follow him and serve him no more. He can only work as much as we allow him to work in our lives. This is why he said to those people, I can't do no work here because you will not open your hearts to me. When we got saved, when we got baptized, when God changed us, he'd done a little bit of work in our hearts. And we felt that work. We felt his love, we felt his mercy, we felt his compassion, and we started to move and we started to grow. And every time we took another step and said, yes, I'll follow you here. Yes, I'll step out here. Every time we stepped out one more step, the Christ came in and he said, let me do this work. Let me work through you my will and my desire. And when I work through you and when I touch you, you will grow and you will move. Why not defend our own house? Why not defend our heart and says, no, I can't let that come in here. No, I can't do that. And why not say yes to God when he's just troubling your heart a little bit? And I know you may have your heart troubled. It's just fluttering and it's moving and you're not sure if it's God or not. Why not just open your heart and say, I'm willing to follow and I'm willing to trust and I'm willing for you to use me. That's a grain of mustard seed. And when that little grain gets in there and it starts to grow, you will start to blossom and you will start to move out and you will grow and Christ will use you more and more and more and he'll fill you more and more and more and his glory will be revealed in your life. This is the only way Christianity works. He don't force nothing on you. He don't beg anything on you. He just comes in love and says, how long will you halt between two opinions? If I'm God, follow me. If I'm not, then don't do it. But as we give ourselves to him, he will use us for his glory. This is what he was teaching the disciples. And this is what he's teaching us as a church. He wants to use us. We'll stumble. We'll fall. We'll mess up. But as long as our hearts are open to him. And we say, my house will be clean. He will use us for his glory. Now I'm preaching this, and I was very disturbed Friday night. 
you know how it is. You want to put it, something on TV. A uh, couple bad words came along. I got to thinking, you big knucklehead, you're preaching about your own house on Sunday. Hypocrite. Not saying for you to try on. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying for me, right? Is it okay if I say that? I exposed my heart to something I didn't need to expose it to. I shouldn't have exposed it to. He only said one bad cuss word. But I knew based on that cuss word where this movie was heading. I said, that's enough for Brian. It's time to put on pressure cooker. That's a cooking show. Does that make sense to you? It comes in your mind first. This is what the devil done. It comes in your head. It flows from your head to your heart. And then it works from your heart out. I was so convicted. I said, I, I, I can't do this. It's not a good example. And you're a hypocrite if you do. I want my house clean on the inside. I want my heart open to him to do what he wants to do, how he wants to do it, and when he wants to do it. And as I do that, he will fill, move, and grow me and my family as we follow the Lord Jesus Christ. So when we see this picture here on the bulletin, this is Jesus, a picture of, and his family. He holds his family. He protects his family. He talks to his family. But look how big his family is. How do you think his family just in the picture grew like that? It grew because these individuals heard him preach and said, change my heart. And then they told somebody else. They heard him preach, said, change my heart. And then they told somebody else. But he only do that because he cleaned house. How do I know that? Because Jesus cleaned his own house. When he fasted 40 days, when he went out to the wilderness in his humanity, he denied himself food, and most people believe water. He led by example, I'm going to clean my own house. Even though I'm perfect, even though I'm God in the flesh, I've done no wrong, I'm going to lead by example. And he denied himself, and he went right out there and said, here I am, buddy. You got nothing for me. He's led by example the whole time. The disciples follow him the whole time because he led by example. And that's what we have to do as believers. And if we do this, our house will grow. Our family will grow. Our church will grow. And the kingdom of God will be extended into other communities. All because we've opened ourselves to the Lord Jesus Christ. Would you pray with me this morning? Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you for this parable that We've learned today that Jesus wants in our hearts and he wants in our lives and he will only come as far as we allow him to come. We ask you, Lord Jesus, to touch the Oak Street brethren. We love you. We want to serve you and we want to follow you. And we're moving along the best we can. We're following you along the best we can. But every door we walk through for your glory and honor, would you just fill us with the spirit of the living God to take that step of faith, to keep walking, to keep serving and to keep following you, that you, O oh Lord God Almighty, would be exalted and lifted up and glorified. I ask you now to let this word sink in our hearts, Lord, as we seek to follow and serve you. I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. With me for the benediction. No? Great. I got... So here's, here's a... This comes from a lady who got it from an old school guy. But hey, it's kind of... Fits at least me at least. I may not be where I want to be, but thank God 
I'm not where I used to be. Can everybody say amen to that? Amen. Amen. God bless you all and have a good week. And Jesus Christ reign in all of our hearts. Amen. God bless you.